from Moses, the Midwest Organic and Sustainable Education Service, this is the In Her Boots podcast, a show about women cultivating the sustainable and organic agriculture movement and how she does it. My name is Lisa Kiverest, and I founded and lead the award-winning Moses In Her Boots project, providing training, resources, and support for women farmers. I'm a farmer myself, running in serendipity with my family in Wisconsin, and am the author of Soil Sisters, a toolkit for women farmers. The In Her Boots podcast celebrates the collaborative spirit of us women farmers and all women working to transform our food system and steward our land, sharing ideas and inspiration with each other. Whether you're a woman with a dream of starting your own farm or already have your hands deep in the soil, there's something for you here. Be sure to subscribe so you won't miss anything. We're back with Annalee Livingston Anderson of Good Turn Farm to talk about all things local food system and her leadership of the Lake Pepin Local Food Group. Hear inspiring ideas on how women can serve as the catalyst to collaboratively bring farmers together to address common barriers like market access. Annalee Livingston Anderson grows certified organic vegetables and cut flowers with her husband Kevin and their three-year-old daughter Hazel on Good Turn Farm in Stockholm, Wisconsin. She's also on the steering committee for Lake Pepin Local, a group of local farmers and buyers cooperatively marketing locally grown products. Last fall, she started working with the Land Stewardship Project as an organizer for Farm Beginnings, a training program for beginning farmers. We are back with Annalie Livingston Anderson of Good Turn Farm in Wisconsin, talking this episode, Annalie, I know about one of your favorite topics, and mine, of growing local food communities and growing things where you live and developing more markets where you live. And you have a really cool SARE Farmer Rancher project uh, that isn't near the middle of right now, right? But uh, it'll be cool to see what happens and hear your learnings. But let's talk first for a second about SARE and the Farmer Rancher projects for folks who don't know, because SARE Sustainable Agriculture Research Education is the sustainable ag hub, if you will, right, Mm -hmm. of the USDA. And the country's divided into five different regions. We here in the Midwest are North Central, and they are a fabulous resource of all kinds of things, from information and fact sheets on their website to various granting programs, including the Farmer Rancher Grants. Yeah. So how did you first... Maybe can you give us the quick context on what those yeah, are all about? Yeah, I might give you a little bit. Because obviously you're, you're a good success model. <laughs> <laughs> well, um, we're, we're in the middle of the project, so not successful yet, but... Well, no, you received the grant. We did receive one, yeah, though, yeah. yes. Uh, so I'll give you a little background on the Lake Pepin Local Food Group first, I guess, just to put it in context. Um, because so- it was real quick, too, these Sarah Farmer Rancher grants... Uh, as you'll hear from Annalise's story, are intended to fund projects that where a farmer sees a need. And it can be a variety of things from like, I want to do some test trials on a certain varietal of something to your more bigger, broader local food movement need with this idea that you can solve your need and then have learnings for other farmers. So it's very uh, public and you can look up all kinds of past grants already online and it's meant to be something that other people can learn from too. So 
Yeah, in your situation. Yep, for Sayer, it has to be sustainable ag focused. Um, Our situation, we were looking at direct marketing, which is considered a sustainable ag um, focus because it helps small farmers be successful and stay in business. Uh, so with like Pepin local food group, we, it was a small group of individuals in, um, the Stockholm Pepin area that got together in, I believe it was the fall of 2015. And they, um, this came out of another community conversation, but basically they were trying to figure out how to strengthen the local food economy, strengthen the local food system. And so they went down to Viroqua actually to, um, to the fifth season, uh, farmer cooperative and I don't know what the the name of that hub is because they do some like food processing and it's kind of a like community a facility, facility there right? yeah. yeah but so they went down there to visit that to try to see if there were ideas they could take back to our area and that kind of just started um a long series of community meetings that were just sort of open-ended meetings we would have potlucks and get together as um, a big group you know it was like maybe 30 40 people coming to these meetings people are just interested in either growing food locally or wanting to buy local food and products and, and how are you defining local what was sort yeah of the region we don't you're... we don't have a super defined region yet right now we we kind of say just pierce and pepin county um, we're definitely operating more on like the the southern sides of those counties closer to the lake, just because that's where all of us are. Um, but we do say Pearson, Pepin County right now. Um, so, so we started having bigger community meetings and a lot of ideas were coming out of that. You know, should we have a food hub? Do we need more farmers markets? Should we do... Uh, I don't know, aggregated CSA. There was a lot of different ideas coming out of it and we couldn't really, there weren't a lot of clear, easy ways to move forward, I guess. And um, we formed a steering committee at that time. I was on the steering committee and then it ended up, it was like the the farm season of 2016 then. And so we kind of were on hiatus the fall of 2016, um, Jan Joanitis from Renewing the Countryside uh, was uh, knew about what we were working on because myself and Sarah George are both on the steering committee and we were working with Renewing the Countryside on the Soil Sisters project. And so we had shared some of that information uh, along with you, Lisa. And, and so Jan um, sent the the RFP for the Sarah Farmer Rancher Grant. She's Our, good I at know, that, right? isn't yeah, she? We nudge each other. It was great. So she sent that um, to me, actually. And so we, as a steering committee, kind of, you know, batted around ideas of what we should do. Couldn't really um, pinpoint it exactly because we just weren't sure, like, what the right step was. And so we sort of wrote the grant that way. Um, myself and a couple other the steering committee members wrote the grant um, saying that we knew, you know, there was this recurring question of there are local producers in the area that are growing good local food. And there are lots of people and institutions and restaurants in the area that would like to buy it, but there's just not an easy way to do that right now. You know, there's a few restaurants that are already buying locally, but it takes a lot of work um, to, you know, communicate with multiple farmers every week, learn what they have, order from them, you know, receive 10 different deliveries, Right, you know, get, in, checks. get invoices, write checks, you know, so it was like a lot of work and a, and a lot of restaurants and institutions just weren't able, 
weren't willing to like go that extra mile to do that, you know, reasonably. Um, and so, so that was, we knew that was a big question. Like, how do we simplify this, this direct marketing, um, to people in our area who want what we're growing? And so we, at that time in 2016, the USDA had put out a local food systems toolkit that was sort of a guide for local communities to have these discussions about around what you should do and what's the most effective steps you can take to to create a stronger local food system. And so we said in the grant that we were going to walk through that toolkit to help us make a decision about a direct marketing method. And then we were going to interview local restaurants and institutions to see what their biggest barriers were. We were going to, um, we, we had an idea that an online sales platform was kind of might make sense as, as the next step for us. Um, but we wanted to review online sales platforms and see what was already out there and existing. There was a lot of, um, when we were writing the grant, you know, we were reviewing a lot of other SARE projects and there were a lot of um, groups that were trying to do something similar to us in the past, but they had like tried to create their own platform at that time. And it just became a much harder, bigger project than they anticipated. And so we, we knew that there were established online sales platforms out there. So we wanted to review those and then share out that information to other farmers um, and then just basically move forward with whatever direct marketing we decided to do. So that was the proposal. And we got the grant in the spring of 2017 for $22,000. Yeah. Yeah. And the Sarah Farmer Rancher grants are a little unique too, in that they go to farmers directly. They can cover farmers time, which is, Nice. <laughs> yeah. And they don't need a match. It is kind of unusual. It's a little because, simpler. Yep. It's, it's, it's a little unusual in that, yeah, it's definitely geared towards farmers writing their proposals. So, um, you know, it doesn't, I think sometimes proposal, grant proposals can be intimidating and they make it, I don't know, very easy it's to not, write. Yeah. I mean, it's still a proposal. It takes time, but it's sure. not, for those who've seen other .gov kind of ones, it's not, it's intended to be accessible for farmers. Yeah, definitely. And that's great because that's exactly, it sounds like obviously what your community needed was some support and resources to yeah, be able to, to put think the time these things through. Because these are big, big questions yep. uh, that require some infrastructure. And uh, so, so you were, you're now in sort yeah, of so halfway we, through? Yeah, kind of halfway through. We, um, we walked through the toolkit and it became kind of clear, and this was part of what we wanted to do was sort of like review the, the USDA toolkit also to see if it was useful. And um, there were definitely useful parts of it, but it became clear pretty quickly that you you really needed a economist, somebody experienced in you know looking at economic data and doing that analysis on your team basically in order to really make sense of your your specific um community that you're working in and be able to do that sort of like economic assessment and so we just didn't have that on our team and so we kind of had to reach out and say like figure out who in the area maybe could help us and um ken meter from the crossroads resource center in st oh, paul yeah, he does, like, a, lot of that, he does yeah. a lot of that where like around the country where he will go and talk with 
local food groups kind of like ours trying to figure out how to strengthen the local food economy. And um, so we met with him and, and basically he thought that it wasn't, we didn't need to go through a full economic assessment because the steps that we were kind of planning on taking were fairly like low impact or, you know, not expensive, I guess, to start just the steps. And yeah. so, um, so he sort of gave us his blessing and we then started the online sales platform review. We looked at 24 different online sales platforms and, um, created a, like a comparison chart for, I think like eight of those online sales platforms. And then, uh, we did the interviews with restaurants and institutions and got a lot of valuable data from that around like what their barriers really are for buying locally. Excellent. And, um, and then we also have done, so we picked our online sales platform. And at this point we just, uh, in the beginning of April finished, uh, a farmer training in Pepin where we had, um, 24 people in the room, which was a really good turnout for our area and, uh, to learn how to use the platform, and people so that's s- already going to be up and running. We're trying. So we're yeah, still, so oh, one thing great. that, one thing that kind of came up was the, which I don't, you know, don't know why we didn't think about this more ahead of time, but the, the question of like liability insurance and, and, um, and product and, you know, insurance, product liability for, because we're going to be basically taking ownership of the food from the farmers as Lake Pep and local food group and aggregating it at one of the farmer's houses and then delivering from that location. We're kind of, and then we're also invoicing the restaurants and institutions. Uh, We're taking ownership of it. And so we need to have that, that sort of liability coverage figured out. And so that's something that has sort of just come to a head and we're really um, trying to figure out right now before it all goes live. So we were hoping for maybe like the beginning of May, but um now just hope like hoping we can get that all figured out and have it up and running within within May. Yeah. yeah. So how would the portal work then like if I'm a farmer and I have extra of something I can put in there or yep. whatever I have in a to sell. Yep, whatever you want to sell, um, you can. So the the farmer is responsible for entering their inventory on the platform. So they sign in as their own account and enter what they have available, and then um, so that we do that during a certain time window in the week, and then right after that we send out a fresh sheet. It's called to. So the platform we're using. I don't know if I said this, but it's Local Orbit okay. is the platform that we decided on, and. So we then send out a fresh sheet to all of the customers so they can see what's available that week. And the customers are more local restaurants or... Yep, local restaurants. Um, stores. Grocery store. And then also, it, it is also accessible for individuals. So we'll have individuals that will use it also, in theory. So, <laughs> so yeah, so it's... um. It, the orders so then basically the the buyer can sign on to the platform and place their orders they can either pay with a credit card or be invoiced if they're a restaurant or institution and then um and then the farmer just delivers you know harvests that whatever the you know it's pre-sold mm-hmm. they harvest oh, that's they del- the ideal yeah right they they harvest bring it to the aggregation spot and then we deliver from there or pe- individuals will probably most likely pick up mm-hmm. terrific and then yeah so this project will evolve once you're wrapping up too to different learnings and insights that another community, my community, could yeah. learn from. That's yeah, great. That's, yep, definitely. I think the online sales platform, I think, is something that we sort of wished 
as we were initially talking about online sales platforms, we sort of wish there was some sort of comparison out there. And, you know, we never found anything that, that really like laid everything out about the different platforms, um, ahead of time. And so I think that hopefully that will be a useful, um, resource for other farmers. Yeah. Yeah. That's really a game changer of being able to do all this online or it would hopefully not take as much people power, right? To yeah. Man it on yeah. all fronts. I think just stream and we keep we keep saying that it is hopefully streamlining the process. And I I think the potential is definitely there. And, you know, so we picked the platform and we're gonna try and, you know, have it up and running um early this spring and then it's just kind of wait and see, you know, what participation we get from local farmers and local buyers and then and see what happens so no but these things take time that's what yeah. it, i've seen too. and that's you know i've talked to other people about it too and you know i get like sort of nervous and what if it doesn't work and the whole thing is a flop but at the same time you know that's like what grants are there for too is to mm-hmm. experiment and try out new things that's so exactly that I, yeah what these are meant to do so yep. You can try some things that you wouldn't have done right. otherwise. Right. Because you, it's didn't not, have... you don't have to invest all that money yourself to try right. it out. So, But it's amazing the success rate and the learnings that come out of these projects when people yeah. can do out of the box. Yeah. yeah. Awesome. So I'm Great. definitely hopeful. Terrific. All right. Well, keep, keep us posted. Thanks. Thanks for listening to our In Her Boots podcast. I'm your host, Lisa Kiverest, with the Moses In Her Boots project. This episode's audio engineer was Liam Kiverest of TechSocket.net. The podcast was brought to you by the Midwest Organic and Sustainable Education Service, MOSES. The mission of MOSES is to educate, inspire, and empower farmers to thrive in a sustainable organic system of agriculture. For more information on MOSES, in her boots, and a bounty of organic resources, check out MOSESorganic.org.